Well, good morning, Mount Hope. Good to be able to bring God's word to you once again this morning. We're not through this tunnel yet, and maybe not by a long shot, but things are starting to move maybe in a good direction. We're starting to move towards opening and reopening some things, um, as evidenced by uh, nothing less than my haircut this morning uh, that I was able to get yesterday at 11 in the morning and grateful for that. Uh, small things, uh, but important things. I've never gone 11 weeks without getting a haircut. I hope I don't have to do it again. Uh, but these are things that are kind of pointing to the fact that maybe we're moving in a good direction. But as we are, as Pastor Brian mentioned last week, we want to take a couple steps back and just say, what are we learning from this time? What are we learning in the midst of this pandemic? We should always be learning, especially as Christians. We're always being formed into the people God wants us to be, and I don't think he's gonna waste anything in our lives when it comes to forming us into the men and women that he endeavors and created uh, for us to be. So what are we learning? We're learning a lot of stuff right, right now. Some fun, some hard. I tried to make a quick list of like what are some things we're learning in the midst of this. We learned uh, in this time, in the last few months, we learned some new terms that maybe a lot of us didn't know before. We learned terms like uh, corona, of course, and COVID-19, which it took me a long time. Uh, someone had to point out to me that 19 meant 2019, so I, I learned something there. Uh, we learned words like Zoom, epidemiologist, social distancing, PPE, immunocompromised. Some words may have been familiar to you before, maybe not. Uh, we learned that some people can make masks at home. Uh, we learned patterns for that. We learned you can be a great parent and still be a bad school teacher, and that's okay. <laughs> We learn that we can make plans, but everything is subject to change and can be changed in an instant. We learn that life goes on without us, perhaps that maybe we're not as important or essential as maybe we thought we were. Uh, we learned what it means to be still and know that uh, God is there, that he is God. Um, we learned that uh, there are a lot of things that people thought they could not do without that they learned they can do without. We learned that in some ways, distance doesn't have to be a problem. But we also learned that while video is helpful during a crisis uh, time, that a sermon is not the same as being together as a church. Uh, we learned that hearing a sermon is not the same as being with the church but we're working on that. We learned that the community we have during a crisis is pretty much the community we have invested in prior to a crisis. We learned that though we are all affected, we are not all affected equally or in the same ways. That we're all in the same storm but not in the same boats. Uh, that the storm affects people differently economically, disproportionately, relationally, and age-wise and health-wise, that there's been a disproportionate toll on the elderly with this sickness. We're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. We've learned that proximity matters, that we have an influence on people, even though we may not see it or know it. And we learned that what feels like a nice break for a little while can get old pretty quickly. These are just a few of the things that kind of came up in my mind, and I'm sure you have some, and probably a lot better and more, and I hope you're thinking reflectively uh, during this time. 
But uh, this morning, I don't have time to go into all those. We could unpack some of those and look at them through a biblical worldview, and that might be helpful. But I want to just focus on one thing this morning. I got time to talk about one thing uh, that I want to talk about this morning for us that we're learning from a pandemic, and that's this. We learned that a crisis reveals things. That a crisis, it reveals things. It revealed things that we didn't know before that wouldn't have come out if it wasn't for a crisis. In this particular crisis, we got some things revealed to us that maybe we had no idea about. Some of us, many of us, had no idea how many ventilators were in the country. Some of us may have had no idea even what a ventilator was or how it worked or or what it did and that we found a crisis revealed, a shortage there. We learned how many ICU beds the city of Boston has or doesn't have and what it would take to overwhelm those numbers. We learned uh, something about our country's emergency reserves of PPE and what PPE is. We learned that uh, this crisis revealed that our country has an infectious disease head and his name's Dr. Fauci. And, uh, and that revealed a lot about that in this time. A crisis reveals things. One person has said that a crisis does not form character, it reveals it. And I think in the midst of a crisis time that we come into, there are things that are revealed in our lives as well. And it reveals at least two things that I want to talk about this morning. It reveals structures and stuff. Uh, when a crisis hits, it's going to reveal what your structures are, and then it's also going to reveal some stuff. And by stuff, I mean internal stuff that's within us uh, that maybe comes out of us. Let me talk to you about those couple things for a few minutes here. A crisis reveals our structures. Uh, and let me go to a passage of scripture in Matthew to illustrate that for us this morning, that a crisis reveals our structure. Uh, Jesus, talking in Matthew chapter seven, really illustrated this point uh, and, and through, a, through a parable that he told. And he says this in Matthew chapter seven, verses 24 to 27. Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Jesus, at the end of his uh, longest sermon that we have recorded in the Bible, he gives this story. He said, if you... If you listen to the words that I'm speaking and, and, you, and you take them into your life and you build your life on it, it's like building your house on a rock. But if you don't, it's like building your house on sand. Here's the interesting thing. Two houses 
one storm, two very different results. We have come into a storm. And a storm, Jesus uh, tells us in one way in this parable, a storm reveals the structure that you have built your house upon. A storm reveals a structure that you have built your life upon. And the storm, in this case, literal storm came, as Jesus talks about, and it revealed the structure that the house that was built on the rock was able to stand, and the house that was built on the sand had a sandy foundation fell. And maybe coming into a time like this, you have learned some things about the structure of your life. Uh, Things, uh, everything from the structure of uh, maybe your relational life, your marriage relationship, friendships, parenting, uh, financial structures, things in your life and my life that sometimes we uh, just go on through life and we don't pay a lot of attention to them because they're not getting a lot of stress and a lot of strain. And, and a lot of houses look great in good weather. And a lot of structures in our life just look fantastic when the weather's great. But the question is, what happens when a storm comes to those structures in our life and begins to test those structures? And and that's a bit of what's happened in these last few months, that a crisis hit, a storm came, and some of the structures of our lives, the relational structures, uh, the parenting, marriage, friendship, health structures, And the spiritual structures got tested. Your relationship with God, the structure of how you grow with God, the structure of how you come to to know and understand and, 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 and grow in your relationship with God got tested in this time. And a storm and a crisis is going to reveal the structures that our built our life is built upon. The other thing a storm will reveal or a crisis will reveal is our stuff. And and I think you know what I mean by that. I mean our internal stuff. And some of you, before I even begin to talk about that, you already know. Uh, You already know that stuff has come out of you during this crisis that you didn't even realize was in you. You know, in the good times, you can ignore, we can ignore and kind of cover things up you know, you leave the, maybe you leave the house in the morning or perhaps if you're married, you know, you, your spouse leaves the house in the morning or your kids leave the house in the morning and then you don't see them for a big part of the day and you see them for a few hours when they come home and before you go to bed. And with that kind of relationship, a lot of our stuff can be kept in check. Even in our work situations, we only see people seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day, maybe at the most, and, and it's a very, you know, maybe sanitized environment, and, and there's all kinds of rules that are there. In that environment, a lot of our stuff can be kept in check. But then a storm comes, and things change, right? All of a sudden, you're in a house, uh, some of you, many of you, for 24 hours a day with the same people all the time, and you can't hide your stuff. And it starts to come out. It's happened in my house. I'm imagining it's happened in your house. Conversations with Wendy, my wife, conversations with my kids that I probably would not have had 
had it not been for this time because our stuff started to come out. The more we kind of bumped into each other a little bit more, stuff started to come out of us and we were started to realize there's stuff within us that we need to kind of work through. Maybe it's the same for you. Maybe, maybe your temper or anger that usually you're able to kind of keep down all of a sudden came out of you during this time. Anxiety that you didn't know was there. Fear. Addictions that you thought you had under control. And in the normal circumstances and the good parts of life, you did. But during this time, a storm hits and you found out they weren't as quite under control as you had thought. Maybe frustrations that you have that you didn't realize were there, lack of patience. And you found yourself dealing with stuff that's come out of you that you didn't even realize was in you or you thought you had a good handle on. See, this is what, this is what crises, this is what storms do. They reveal stuff within us. What's being revealed in you? What's being revealed to you during this time of crisis and storm that you need to be looking at? What is God trying to reveal to you during this time of storm and crisis that he wants you to see and not ignore? What is God taking his, his eternal highlighter and saying, pay attention to this? There's something that needs attention here. There's something that you need to pay attention to. What is God highlighting in your life right now? Maybe some questions that you can ask yourself might be helpful. During these last few months, where was their pain? What was harder than you thought it would be? Where was their strain that maybe you didn't expect there to be? What ran out that you thought you would have had enough of? I mean, those can be literal things, but those can be emotional, like, like uh, character things in our lives, too. We thought, no, I got that character. I'm filled up there. But all of a sudden, you got into this, and something ran out, and your character ran out, and you realized, I forgot to, I didn't pack enough of that in my luggage. I didn't pack enough patience. I didn't pack enough mercy or grace or kindness. Like, what ran out during this time? What broke? What did you think, oh, this works and we're fine? What relationship? What thing in your life broke during this time that you didn't think would break? What, where did your emotions spike? Places like this can start to show God trying to reveal some things in our lives because God is always trying to make us into the people he's created us to be. And during a time like this, he may be taking a highlighter and saying, look here, look at this spot. There's some work that needs to be done here, and we need to do some work there. God is the potter. We are the clay, and he's forming us. It's not all bad stuff that gets revealed. In fact, I hope during this time of crisis, and I hope during this time of storm, that you will look and see some of the good stuff that was revealed in you. You know, it's not all bad. In fact, in our world and in our society, we've seen some good stuff that's come out in the midst of this storm, and that's great, and we shouldn't ignore that. It's not all bad stuff that gets revealed in the crisis. We sent, uh, about a month ago or a few weeks ago, we sent a survey out to the church just to find out how you're doing and how we're doing and how things are going. We, we felt like we were flying a little bit in the dark, and we thought, we need some information. We need a feedback loop. What's going on with people in the church? So we sent out a survey um, I, don't, I think about 125 of you kind of sent it back and filled it in and gave us some feedback. 
And as we did, we got the results back. And what, one of the things that came out is we realized that one, in the storm, it's not all bad things that are being revealed. There's some good stuff that's happening that we ought to celebrate. Uh, 61% of people who responded to our survey said they felt like they were growing closer to God during this time. 61% of people said they felt like they were growing closer to God during the pandemic, during the crisis, during the storm. We asked, how much time are you spending with God? 36% of people said they were spending about the same amount of time they were spending with God before all this. But 41% of people said they were spending more time with God as a result of this, this time of crisis, this pandemic, this storm. That's amazing, that's great. And so uh, we asked about, how about being connected with the church? And maybe this is the one that surprised uh, some of us uh, on our leadership team the most. Uh, 24% of respondents said they felt less connected to the church. Well, we kind of expected that because we're not meeting in our building. We've moved everything online. So it seemed natural that a lot of people are gonna feel not connected as they were before. But the interesting thing there was 44%, they said they felt about this connected the same, but 23% of respondents said that in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of not meeting in person, not being in the building, not having our community groups meeting, in the midst of all this, 23% of people said, I feel more connected to Mount Hope and my church now than I did before the pandemic. That one surprised me a little bit, but it reminded me that there's good that comes out of this time. There's good stuff that comes out of time in a tunnel and a crisis. Let me give you an example in scripture of that. Uh, There's a time in scripture where David, who became king eventually, he wasn't king yet. In fact, uh, his predecessor Saul was the king at the time. And Saul was jealous of David in so many ways. David was a greater warrior. He was well-loved by the people. Uh, He was was just, uh, in many ways, uh, Saul became jealous of David. And so, so jealous that he began to hunt his life and threaten his life and try to kill him. And so David fled, and he ran away, and he hid from Saul. And Saul started pursuing him. And so David would hide in different places and there's all kinds of stories and Samuel and you can read in the Bible of what happened there. But one time, or at least a couple times actually, David hid in a cave. And, and in the cave, he would be hiding from Saul. David and his men would hide in the cave from Saul. And one time, in 1 Samuel chapter 24, I'm not gonna read the whole story for you, but one time what happened was the very cave that David was hiding in, Saul happened to enter by himself uh, in order, as the Bible tells us, to relieve himself. He was looking for a place to to use the bathroom, frankly. And, And he happened to go into the same cave that David was hiding in. And David's men hiding in the back of the cave, whisper to David. And they say, the Lord has delivered Saul into your hands. Now is your time. Strike and kill him. But David doesn't do it. In fact, David shows mercy to him. He spares his life. He says to his men, I will not raise my hand against God's anointed. 
In other words, God put Saul on the throne, and if God's going to put me on the throne, God's going to have to do it. I'm not going to kill in order to gain that position. And while he was in the cave, the Bible tells us that he wrote a couple of psalms. And one of the psalms he wrote while he was in the cave is Psalm 57. So he's in the cave. His life is threatened. He has a man pursuing him and trying to kill him. He's literally running for his life. And so he writes a psalm. And and a psalm is a prayer. It's not only a song, it's a prayer. So I don't know what you would pray in that moment. Maybe you would pray, why is this happening, God? Maybe you would pray, God, I've only done good for you. How could this be happening to me? Because David's in a cave, kind of like we're in a tunnel, in a space where we are uh, trying to avoid pain and we're all trying to do the right thing and protect ourselves from harm, protect others from harm. And what's your prayer life like in this cave? What's your prayer life like in this tunnel? Here's what David wrote, Psalm 57. He said, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts, the children of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I don't know what would come out of you in that cave. I don't know what's coming out of you in this tunnel. I don't know the prayers that you're praying, but I want to pray the prayers that David prayed, and I don't think I get there enough. Verse two, he says, in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. So you're going through a difficulty. What's revealed in your life is difficulty right now. I want to pray like David. God, in the shadow of your wings, I take refuge until this storm goes by. But then the next line, I cry out to the Lord most high, to God who fulfills his purpose in me. 
David says, I'm in the midst of a storm. I'm in a cave. I'm running for my life. But here's what I believe. Here's what I know. God is fulfilling his purpose in me. And you and I have been in a storm, and we've been in a crisis, and we've been in a strange time in our life, nothing like anything in any of our lifetimes we've seen. And here's what I know. I know what David knows. God will fulfill his purpose in you and for you. And so you and I have to look, what is God revealing? What is God revealing in this time? So it's not all bad. I hope there's some good stuff. And in David, the reason I tell you that part of scripture is because I want you to see in a cave, good stuff is revealed. There's good stuff I hope you've seen in you. I hope you've seen some places and others around you say, you know what, that's good. We've been able to look at the church and say people are spending more time with God. They're getting closer to God. They're feeling more connected. That's good. And so we celebrate that and we thank God for that and we praise God for that. But it's not all good, right? There's some stuff, like I said, there's structures that have been revealed and stuff that has come out of us that hasn't been good. So how do you deal with that stuff? Let me give you three things as I close. Three things before I go. This is how you deal with that, the structures. Uh, and I want to give you, each of them, there are three things. They all begin with R and I'm gonna share one, pray a prayer, and then share another one and pray a prayer at the end of that. And my hope is that you will take some time as we, this is really our response to God's word. And I want you to pray the prayer with me as we get there to the end of each of these three quick points on what do you do? What do you do when a crisis reveals that your structure is not good and some of your structures are faulty? And what do you do when a crisis reveals that there's stuff in you that needs to be dealt with that isn't good, that isn't right? How do you respond? How do you respond to what's been revealed? Here you go, three things. First, repent. The first is repent. Just confess that there are places in your life that are not as they should be. Confess to God, admit it, and say, God, this has been revealed in this time in my life that there are places in my life that I am not who I should be, who you want me to be. There are places where I fall short. There are things I've done that I should not have done. There are things that I've left undone that I wish I would have done or would have done differently. Lord, I repent, I confess, I turn away from it, and I want to turn back towards you. We feel a grief, but it ought to lead us to repentance, not to guilt, but ultimately to repentance and faith in God. So we pray this prayer of repentance. When, we re when, when the crisis reveals that our structures are not what they should be and stuff in our life is not where it should be, we pray this prayer. Oh Lord, to the extent that these are the result of my choices and sin, I repent of them and turn away from them. Lord, there are places that I have not given enough attention to and I have ignored and tried to hide from myself, from others, and even from you. But Lord, my stuff has been revealed and I can't ignore it anymore. So Lord, I repent and I need you in my life right now. I turn away from my way of living and I turn to your way of living. So it's just, amen, Lord, we, we just take this time to repent, to turn away, right? It's repenting, it's saying, I see it, I don't want it in my life, and I'm gonna turn away from that. Second R, second R 
is you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and we remember the Sunday in Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church for the first time. Jesus, after ascending into heaven, said, go and wait for the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, we have the account of the Holy Spirit falling on the church. And after you repent, the second thing you and I need to do is we need to say, God, I don't have the strength in myself. I need you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need you to refill me with your Holy Spirit. I need you to give me the strength and the ability to live the life that I know that I am called to live. And I need that from you. I need to lean upon you. God is still pouring out his Spirit and we need to rely on his Holy Spirit. He's bringing good things out of this I was listening on this note, I was listening to a video from a pastor this week of a large church who during this time has been involved in creating some online services and bringing those into previously unreached countries. And he said this statement. He said this statement. For the first time in my life, I can see the possibility that this gospel will be preached to all the world. And, he, and it's only a result of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying what happened in Acts chapter two, what Jesus said was going to happen, that this gospel will go out to the whole world. He's saying for the first time in his life, because of a pandemic, because of what looks like a crisis, because of a storm, he can see God working such that the gospel can get out to every nation and every people group on all the world. That's exciting. But in your life and in my life, let me take it down to a personal level. You need to rely on the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it in your own strength. So you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. And so we do that. And so Lord, Father, we repent and now we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us. And we ask God that you would fill us with your spirit just like you did the first disciples on the first day of Pentecost. On this day of Pentecost, as we remember it, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to stop trying to do this in our strength. Help us stop trying to fix our stuff and our structures all in our strength. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to fill us and we need you to do it. And so, Lord, would you do it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And the third thing is to rebuild. When something falls, you learn from it and you make changes. It happens in the building code, right? It's why uh, you have to put the building code changes and your structure changes. I've been doing a project at my house and, and at one point in the project, the foundation guy said, we have to put these hurricane bars in. I said, hurricane bars, what are those? He said, yeah, we put these bars, we set them in the concrete, and they go up through this foundation. He said, I don't care what kind of wind blows, that wall's not moving. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that only happened because somewhere along the line, a wall fell down, <laughs> and somebody figured out, if we put these hurricane bars up, those walls won't fall. You've had things revealed about your structure and your stuff during this time. You need to rebuild, but you need to make some changes. You need to take some changes to the building code in your life. Build your structure differently. What have you learned about your family that needs to change during this time as you rebuild? Maybe you've learned we need to spend some more time around the table because this has been good. We need to spend some more times in meals because this has been good. 
in your marriage stuff has been revealed and you need to start building differently. You need to change the building codes. You need to change what's been, uh, what's been uh, invested and what you've been doing and do things differently. Your work-life balance, perhaps you realize that needs to change. I need to rebuild. I need to change the building codes. That needs to change. My spiritual life, my friendships, those things need to change because I want to invest more time here. Matthew chapter seven, going back to that, Jesus said, when you build your life, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So in all your structures, as you try and attempt to rebuild them, friendship, marriage, parenting, work, life, health, all this stuff, all this stuff, health, all this stuff, as you're rebuilding it, are you rebuilding it on the word of God? Don't go back and rebuild it in your own wisdom and in your own way. Jesus says, because that's a sandy foundation and when the storm comes, that's gonna fall. Build it on the word of God. Check those building codes. When you're in a storm, it's not too late to build a house, but it's a lot harder. So do it now before the next storm comes. Work on building up those structures and addressing the, the, those places in your life that need to be addressed. I was talking this week to Edgar Bartlett in our church, and Edgar was telling me that when he was an MBTA driver, a bus, he drove a bus, he said they had a book that was like the Bible. He said everything you could ever possibly have happened to you as a bus driver was in that book. Every incident that could happen, every, every mistake you could make, every policy, everything was in that book and they were constantly pointing to that book. He said it was like the Bible for MBTA drivers. And he said if you would have an accident or if something happened on your watch and you were brought in and questioned, he said the first question they would always ask you is this, did you read the book? Did you read the book? And you know, I can't help but think, as we rebuild, as we learn from what's revealed, and we repent, and we rely on the Holy Spirit, and we rebuild, that the question is, did you read the book? Are you building your life on the rock, which are the words of Jesus Christ? Let's pray. Lord, as we have repented, and as we have recognized that we need to rely on your Holy Spirit, And now, Lord, as we know that we need to rebuild some structures in our lives, that there's stuff in our lives, character, that needs to be rebuilt, Lord, we pray that you would, Lord, give us the strength to build not on our words or on our thoughts, but on your word. Lead us, Lord. Help us to learn and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.